Uh, good to see everybody back out tonight. If you will, let's all stand, page 364 at the bottom.
songs, but it seemed like the Lord gave me all, about all slow songs tonight. Let's do page 409.
tithes and offerings, you can bring them at this time. seated tonight. If you're glad to be here, say amen. 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 Well, let me make a couple of uh, announcements. Don't forget on Wednesday night, that's our youth program. And we're, uh, we got the, what do they call Crusaders for Christ on Wednesday nights. That's our youth program. Then we're in the auditorium. We're going through and teaching on the book of Acts. 
The book of Acts is one of the most most useful books in the Bible to understand the layout of, of the New Testament and how it came about and why we transition from how we transition from law to grace and from Israel to the church. So you be sure to come on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock and we'll get into the Word of God with that. Also on September the 10th is a ladies meeting in our fellowship hall. So we appreciate uh, you praying for that. And uh, right after the meeting tonight, I need to have just a short leadership meeting. So if you'll hang around, all you leaders and all you that take part in the work of this ministry, just need to go over some things with you to help us better be equipped for the Lord Jesus. through. 
<laughs> I'm glad I got a source. Amen. Let's take our Bibles tonight and turn to the gospel according to Matthew, the very last chapter, which will be the 28th chapter. Matthew 28. Is it on now, Brother Chris? I'm not muted. Matthew chapter 28. On Sunday nights for a little while, we've been considering uh, the thought of discipleship. We've looked at several different things about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and uh, what it means to follow on to know the Lord. It's sad to say a lot of people just get saved, and that's the end of it. They don't ever grow. They don't ever become all that God would have them to be. And there's more to this thing than just being saved. Can I get a witness right there? Well, in Matthew 28, we've looked at this thought already on, on the marks of a disciple. And we're going to review just for a little bit tonight. And then we're going to go forth a little further with our thought. And I pray that God would use this lesson tonight to challenge every one of us to become and make disciples. Not just become a disciple, but make a disciple of others. So let's look in Matthew chapter 28 tonight. And you can keep seated. We'll just read a, the last few verses of Matthew chapter 28. I want you to picture this. Jesus is about to go home. He's about to return to his father. Can you imagine what it was like that day when, when Jesus said goodbye to his father and came into our world? And what he experienced coming into this world that was completely opposite of anything that he was ever familiar with. Came into this world of uh, different customs, different, uh, different things going on. The sin and the reproach and all that was in this world, Jesus walked into that. Walked into our world to understand us and to understand what we go through as sinners so that he could become our Savior. Jesus said goodbye that day to the Father and he left. But now he's about to return to his Father and go home. And this is, to me, this is one of the most uh, dear parts of the Scriptures just knowing that Jesus is longing to be back with his father. <laughs> what a reunion they're going to have when he gets back home. What a time they're going to have up there. I don't believe, I don't believe Jesus just walked into heaven and sat down and said, Hey, Father, how you doing? I believe they embraced. I believe, they, I believe it was a homecoming instance for them, just like you're going to have. When you get home and you see some loved ones that you've parted with over the years, oh, we're going to have a time when we get to heaven. Woo! Glory. Matthew 28. Jesus is headed home now. And he says this in verse number 16. He said, Then the eleven disciples, notice that, the disciples. What is a disciple? What is, what does it mean to be a disciple. And then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain, look at this, where Jesus 
had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted, as Brother uh, Derek was preaching this morning, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Let's pray tonight, then we'll get into our thoughts. Our Father, tonight, Lord, we love you so much, but most of all, thank you for loving us the way you do. Lord, your love never fails. It never falters. It never, Lord, wears out. And I'm so thankful to stand behind this pulpit tonight, loved by you. And Lord God, tonight as we gather ourselves around the word of God, I pray, Lord, that you would bless the thought tonight. I pray that you would impress it upon our hearts in such a way that truly you would take this body of believers and build you some disciples. We sure do appreciate, Lord, everything that you're going to do. And Lord, just lead me by the Spirit of God. May my thoughts be your thoughts and my ways your ways tonight. And we'll appreciate everything that you'll do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. We've been thinking and teaching on Sunday nights with the thought of discipleship for a while. And I've told you that uh, at the end of this course of study, that if you attended uh, all the services and all the lessons, that at the end of it, that we'll give you a certificate of completion, and we're going to. Matter of fact, next Sunday night, Sister Kim, I have all the certificates of those who have been here each night and studied with us along. And uh, she'll give you a certificate of completion with this thought of being a disciple. Um, we've looked at several things from the Word of God already. The first thing that we looked at in this thought about being a disciple is the Word of God. And that the Word of God is our authority for everything we believe and hold true. Uh, it's not what your preacher said. It's not what your grandma said. It's what the Word of God says. And that's our authority for everything that we build upon is this scripture. Then we looked at a thought of who is Jesus. I mean, he said he's going to build his church. Well, who is this character by the name of Jesus Christ? And we looked at some different things about him, three simple thoughts about him, just to get it in our minds exactly who Jesus Christ is. Then we went a little further and we thought about the gospel and I believe that every child of God needs to know where to find the gospel and be able to go to it in your Bible and find it and show somebody else the gospel of Jesus Christ. Does anybody remember where it's at? 1 Corinthians 15. See, there's some disciples in here. 1 Corinthians 15, that's where you, Paul declared the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel that was committed to him. The gospel that was revealed to him. He said, this is that gospel that I'm going to preach. And that gospel whereby we're saved, if we keep in memory the things that Paul had preached unto us. So we looked at the gospel. Then we looked the last time about what is a disciple. And we looked at several things from this very text that we read tonight. And we want to 
refresh and review just a little bit before we go any further. Because there's some other things that need to be said tonight about what it truly means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I want you to notice from our text that a disciple is somebody who goes where Jesus tells them to go. They do what Jesus told them to do. That's the mark of a disciple. They also, they also spent time with him, said that they worshipped him. You're not going to worship Jesus without spending some time with him. And they, they spent time with this man by the name of Jesus Christ. And a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad salvation is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and not just a, a thing or religion? But they spent time with Jesus Christ. Then he told these 11 men, these 11 men, he took 11 men and turned the world upside down. These 11 men, because these 11 men obeyed what Jesus told them. You and I are sitting here tonight as the church of the living God saved by the good grace of God. What if they had dropped the ball? What if they just said, no, there's nothing to this. I'm not going to, I'm just, I'm just not interested in this. I'm saved. I'm, I'm securing Christ. I'm, I'm fine just like I am. And just went on about their own lives like so many of God's people do. Where would we be tonight? And then they were to teach all nations and baptize them. And they were to teach the things that Jesus had taught them. You see, everything is, is so important that we understand this thought of discipleship and what it means. The Lord wants us to be his disciples. We looked last uh, Sunday night at the marks of a disciple. I'll recount some of those for you. A disciple of Christ... Is Christ conscious. We're aware that. Hey. Somebody's inside of me. Uh, it's an awareness that. Christ is in me. And is and that builds on that relationship. Everywhere we go. We're aware of the fact that Christ. Is in us. It's a Christ conscious. Life. Then we look at this. That a disciple of Christ. Counts the cost. There's a cost in being a disciple for Jesus Christ. There's no easy roads to being a disciple of Jesus Christ. It will cost you something. It may cost you some friendships. It may cost you some even, even closeness with family members. Down through the years, there's been some family members that just did not understand mine and Debbie's commitment to Jesus Christ. Being called things by different individuals, by friends, by family members. And, and, and laughed at and mocked, uh, ridiculed and mocked because of our stand for Jesus Christ. But I'm going to keep standing for him. I believe, it, I believe it pays to stand for Jesus Christ no matter who falls out to the wayside. A, a disciple is Christ conscious. A disciple counts the cost. A disciple carries his cross. There's a cross for every one of us to bear. It may be a physical cross. It may be a family cross. It may be a situational cross, whatever. Paul, I believe, personally had a physical cross that he had to bear 
in his life. He begged God three times to take that, that from him, that thorn in the flesh that he spoke about. But he carried that cross all the way. He said, if, if this is going to be my lot in life, he said, I take pleasure in infirmities and necessities and things going on in my life just for the sake of the gospel. There'll be a cross that a disciple will carry. Then a disciple chooses consecration. This is not a sprint that we're in. It's a marathon race. Matter of fact, it'll last from the day you get saved to the day Jesus calls you out of here. Uh, I always get tickled when I'm reminded about Isaiah. Isaiah and Isaiah 6, you remember, heard, heard the Lord say, Whom shall I send and whom shall go for us? And oh, Isaiah raised his hand and said, Lord, you can count on me. Here's my hand. Count me in. I'm all in with this, Lord. And then the Lord gave him the message and said, this is what I want you to carry to him. And then Isaiah said, well, well, how long? And he said, till there's nobody left. And God has carried men far away. In other words, until I take you out of this thing, that's how long I need you in this thing. You see, God is a full-time God. He don't need part-time disciples. He needs us all in all the time. And that would make a big difference in America if we had some disciples who were consecrated into the things of God with all their heart, soul, and mind. But here's where I want to, to build on and go with tonight. A true disciple, a mark of a disciple, is one who continues with a commission. He told these 11 men, he said, men, I've got something I need to tell you before I leave. I'm about to leave. Do you see, they had, been, they had been with Jesus for three and a half years. They had seen Him do all the mighty miracles. They had, they had heard the gracious words. They had seen Him conquer death, hell, and the grave. They had seen Him alive after His passion by many infallible proofs. And here they are now, and their lives are about to change from sight to faith. He's not going to be personally with them. Any, he's not going to physically be with them any longer. They're going to have to learn what it is to live by faith. And he said, here's, a, here's I've got something for you to do. I want you to go into all nations. I want you to teach all nations. I want you to teach them what I have commanded you. And be sure, be sure that it is what I said, not what you wanted to say. Would to God the preachers get back to that. Amen. Carrying on with the commission. Carrying that commission into our lives. You see, there's more to it than just be, being saved and our desires being met in life. There is a will for every one of us. And He wants us, us who are saved he wants us to be His disciples. He wants us to carry our crosses. He wants us to be consecrated with this thing. He wants us to tell others about Jesus Christ. He wants us to be the ones who carry that message of Jesus Christ into this fallen, sin-cursed world. And can I say it like this tonight? It is an honor to be counted in that number tonight. 
to be, to be chosen by Jesus Christ. To be the ones who, in the, you think about these 11 men, these 11 men, they were the early church, they were the beginning church. But God has set his hand on every one of you for the latter day church. And he said, I've chosen you. I'm cho I put my hand on you. You're the ones that I want to be my disciples now. I want us to consider some things tonight about this, this thought of, of continuing with the commission. And I just want to say some things, and, and I hope that God will use this, and I pray that God will use it in a way that will, that will prick every one of our hearts tonight. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I want you to look at this. Lest we think that it was just for these 11 disciples. Look in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and hold your Bible because we're going to look at some, a lot of other scripture tonight by the time we get through. But look in 2 Timothy chapter number 2. Paul, Paul is writing his last epistle that he's ever going to write. He's writing his final farewell message to a man that he led to the Lord himself, a man that he took up under his wing and trained to be a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's writing and he's got some things he needs to set in order in Timothy's mind and heart. And this is what he tells him in verse number one. He said, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Look at this. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You see, they began there on the Mount of Olives with Jesus Christ. Those 11 disciples began with that commission. But they left Adam. They left off of that mountain. They went into Jerusalem. And we know how the gospel went into Asia Minor, how it went into Europe, how it went into Rome, how it finally made its way over to where you and I, and here we are tonight because some men carried that commission onward. And these men were men who would teach others the same things that they had been taught. They taught others the same thing. It's not a new message. It's not a new word. It's not a new version. It's not a new translation that we need. It's the same old thing. It's the old, old story, but it's still new, new, new to every child of God. And thank God we've got a message, the same message that Paul and Peter and James and John and Jesus and all of them talked about. It's the same message that we're to go forth with tonight. So he wants, us, he wants us to continue with the commission. And that to continue with that commission means that you are to teach somebody else what you know about following Jesus Christ. The work of Christianity is an ongoing ministry that will never end until Christ calls the church home. The lost people, who, there are lost people who need to be saved but there are saved people who need to be discipled. This is a point of a disciple's life that cannot be accentuated enough that we have got to continue with the commission that Jesus Christ left his church. 
Those, those 11 men turned the world upside down. Everywhere they went, people got saved. And people were stirred by the Spirit of God. Why? Because they were continuing with the commission of Jesus Christ. I want to say some things tonight that there must be an intentional input if we're going to carry that commission on. We've got to be intentional with this. Nobody stumbles into being a disciple. We've got to be intentional just as somebody's intentional in calling upon the name of the Lord to be saved. We've got to be intentional to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. But not only do we need to be intentional, there's got to be an investment or an interest made in somebody else. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 11. And I want you to watch this with me. Luke chapter 11. Watch this with me tonight. In Luke chapter 11. Being a disciple of Christ and making other disciples is an investment that you'll make in someone else's life. It is a sacrifice of time. It may sometimes be a sacrifice of money. It may be a sacrifice of self, but it is an, an investment with an interest that only heaven disclose of what we'll reap by investing our lives into somebody else. In, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19, it says that this, Paul said this, he said, What is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing are not even ye in the presence can you imagine what it's going to be like when you get to heaven and the ones that you led to the Lord are there? But think about those who you helped disciple and those you helped grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about those that will be there and you had a part in their life and what investments you're going to reap off of when we get home. Look in Luke chapter 11. This is interesting to me. It says, and it came to pass that as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Notice that John had his own disciples and he was investing his time. He was investing his life into those disciples. He took time enough to teach them to pray. Now, I'm, I'm building on something tonight. He was taking time to teach these men how to pray. John Baptist and his disciples of Jesus come up to Jesus and said, Jesus, we heard that John the Baptist had taught his disciples how to pray. Would you take enough time with us and teach us to pray? And then the Lord begins in verse number two and he begins teaching them some things about prayer. But here's what I want you to notice tonight. In verse number 5 is where he built toward. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Now, I want to draw this out. Here's a guy. He's got a friend. And a, that friend comes to him at midnight, knocks on his door. He says, I'm hungry. Have you got something for me to eat? And that friend inside, he said, I don't have a thing. 
I'm insufficient. You know a lot of God's people think, well, I can't do this thing called Christianity. I can't do this thing being a disciple. I, I'm just insufficient. I don't have what it takes. I don't have the time. I don't have the talent. I don't have the things in my life that I need to, to help this individual. But notice what Jesus taught. He said that this friend came to his, his friend at midnight and said, hey, I need something to eat. He said, for a friend of mine in his journeys come to me and I have nothing to set before him. I'm insufficient. I don't have bread. I don't have talent. I don't have anything in front of me to be able to help this guy. Now notice what he did. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, that means his persistence, his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you, seek, and ye shall find not, and it shall be opened unto you. You know, here's the story. This guy's at home one night, a friend of his comes, he knocks, he says, I need something, I need something to eat. So this guy gets, he goes out of his house, he goes to a friend of his, he said, hey, I know you got what I need in there, how about opening up and give me some bread? I've got a friend in his journey, he's needing something, I don't have anything, would you please give me? And he's asking, he's seeking, and he's knocking, he's asking, he's seeking, and he's knocking. He said, hey, I've got a friend, he's needing something, I don't got what he needs. Here's, here's the story. Here's how to get what you don't have. Ask it for somebody else. Ask it for somebody else. Instead of just asking for us, self, all the time, we ask, we interested in somebody else's life, and we're ready for God to give us three loaves. We're ready for God to give us whatever it takes to meet that individual's need. We're ready for God to, to put into our lives exactly what they'll need. So they'll be sustained. So they'll be supplied. So that they'll have all the nutrient that they need to be a disciple of Christ. We've got to go to Him. We've got to ask. We've got to seek. We've got to knock. Not for us, but for them. Them, them. I've got a friend. He needs something from God. I've got a family member. They need something from God. God, give it to me that I might give it to them. You want to know how to get what you don't have? Ask it for somebody else. Ask it on the behalf of somebody. Oh, how the church needs to be knocking, seeking, and begging God to give us the three loaves that we need, that we might be able to supply the needs of other people. Listen, God has equipped the church with everything we need, but we have forgot this principle. It's not about us. It's about others. It's about others. It's about everybody else, that they need something on their journey of life. Can I get a witness right there? we got to be willing to spend time with people. We've got to be willing to show interest in somebody else. A lot of Christians, they come to church. 
They go through the motions. They get up. They go out the door and they go back to their house. And that's the end of it till the next service. They get up. They come to the next service. Brethren, there's a whole lot more to this thing called Christianity than just our lives. There's people who need to be saved. But there's saved people who need to be discipled for Jesus Christ. People don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. John the Baptist had his disciples. Jesus Christ had his disciples. Elijah had Elisha. Moses had Joshua. Paul had Timothy. Who could you influence as a disciple of Jesus Christ? Who could you, who could you help in life to become all that God would want them to be? Not you, them. Who in, <laughs> I was, I was got tickled at Melinda the other day. She was sitting right there about where you are, Lena. And she was saying something, I, and I just, the thought just came to me, and I just pointed my finger at her. I said, you are a big influence on people's life. And she is. I said, make sure you influence them. That's what a disciple does. They, they influence other people for Jesus. We're to provoke unto love and good works. We're to provoke other Christians to become all that God wants them to be. And, and it's going to take time. It's going to take an investment in their lives. An investment of our time, our talents, everything that God will give us. We've got to invest it in somebody else's life. I had this thought. A lot of times Adam and Eve gets a bad rap. They were the only two in the garden. And, and uh, I've often said it like this. Had it been John and Debbie, it had been the same story. Had it been Tim and Kathy, it would be the same story. Terry and Bobby, it would be the same story. Because they've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I want you to think about this. It all started in the garden with God giving them one command. Do it this way. Do it this way. And we know the rest of the story. They failed. They disobeyed God. But I want you to imagine yourself in that same garden. It's you, your wife, or your church member, whoever might be there. But you're standing there. And God comes up to you and gives you one command. He said, I want you to go make disciples for me. Would we be, and, and the rise or fall of the world depending on what we did with that one command. We're no better than Adam and Eve. We're no better than, he, than they were. Because we've not fulfilled the great commission that Jesus has left us as the people of God. We have failed to make other disciples of Jesus Christ. And we need to be concerned about this more now than ever. I believe that Jesus is soon to return. Can I hear a witness? He's coming back. And we need to be involved in other people's lives as much as we possibly can to make sure that they can grow and become all that Jesus wants them to be. I want you to think about this. We got a lot of babies in this church, always have had a bunch of babies. And it's natural to see a little baby 
with a pacifier in his mouth and a little banky and it rubbing that little banky, you know, and goo-gooing and all, pitching a fit every once in a while. What if you walked in one day and a 40-year-old man had a pacifier and a banky and was pitching a fit because... I said that to say this. It is natural for us to grow as a child of God. It's unnatural when we don't grow. When we're still acting like a bunch of babies, when we're supposed to be adults as children of God, when we're still acting like it's all about me, it's about my life, about what I want, instead of being concerned about others, we have got to learn this truth about discipleship tonight. Jesus said it like this. He said, if you don't deny yourself, take up your cross and come follow me, you cannot be my disciple. You cannot. Some families have only one child and they spend all their energy and efforts on that one child. Some families have many children. I, I'm always reminded when I think in these terms of the family that I met up in West Virginia, who the lady was the youngest of 35 children. And I just wonder what it, what it was like in that home. But they did the same thing that anybody would do with that one child. They invested in all those children. Brethren, we're in this thing together. We're to invest in each other's lives to make sure that every one of us grow as we should as Jesus Christ, that we should grow into the disciples that Jesus has purposed us to be. <laughs> Always remember, one day you will stand before Jesus Christ and you'll give an account of your life before him of what you did with what Jesus told you to do. And Jesus said it this way in Luke six forty six. He said, why call ye me Lord, Lord? And do not the things that I told you. We need to make disciples out of other people. Here's my challenge tonight. Why don't you come to this altar tonight and ask God, Lord, put somebody in this church on my heart who I can partner with. I'm not talking about your husband or your wife. I'm not talking about somebody you commonly always around. I'm talking about somebody that, that you could spend some time with just to influence them for Jesus' sake. Invest in their lives. Be a prayer partner with them. I heard just today, and I was so blessed when I heard it. I heard of somebody that they of this church they had met up with and it was just kind of a, a it wasn't a fluke accident but they just happened to meet up with one another and they got to talking one with the other and they they both agreed that they needed to bond together to encourage each other to pray to study their bibles together to learn about Jesus bigger and further and more brethren we need that in the christian church we need, to, we need to help somebody else grow to become a child of God, to become all that they can be for Jesus Christ. There's a lot of things going on in our world today, things that will upset, things that will just make you wonder 
like John the Baptist did. Is this really real? And we need to be in this thing called discipleship now more than we've ever been in before. Since you come on to the piano. We need to, we be, need to be determined to not only be a disciple, but make disciples of someone else. You know, I got to thinking about it. There's some of you in here that have been gifted and, and uh, you've been chosen to be a Sunday school teacher. What a mission field that would be if we'd see it as we're, we're making little disciples in this room. We're making other Christians into what God would have them be. And we're doing, we're inputting into their life. We're investing into their lives. How that that Sunday school would become an active and just, and just such, a, such a mission field all in its own. Because we look at it as being a place of discipleship. See, it's not just a place just to preach and get a, an emotion out of somebody. It's a place where we learn and we grow. And it becomes not just an emotion anymore. It becomes just a fact of our lives. It becomes, yes, this is it. This is real. And then you teach somebody and that somebody teaches somebody else. That somebody teaches somebody else. And it goes on and on and on. That's the marks of a disciple as we stand tonight. There's some of you in here been saved a long, long time. It's time that we start investing in other people's lives. Being a part of something that, that counts for somebody else. Being a part of something that matters, going to matter in somebody else's life. And make it count for Jesus. As we bow our heads and close our eyes, could we find ourselves across these altars. Say, Lord, make a disciple out of me. Help me to do the true work of a disciple. Help me be willing to spend time with somebody. To show an interest in somebody. Somebody else besides just me. God help me.